eating well and positive lifestyle choices are an important part of reducing a person's risk of cancer. But when it comes to food choices for people who have survived cancer, key themes surface. A healthy diet and other lifestyle changes are just as important to improve the chances of surviving cancer and reducing its odds of coming back. In this podcast, I'll look at what the scientific evidence says about lifestyle choices in improving cancer survivability and what are the key recommendations someone with cancer should aim for. Thanks to earlier detection and much better treatment options, cancer today is more survivable than ever. Well over half of people diagnosed and treated will be alive after five years. Cancer survivors are very motivated to seek information about food choices, physical activity and dietary supplements to help improve their treatment and reduce the risk of the cancer coming back again. Now, if you listened to my podcast of last week, it was all about diet and lifestyle choices that help reduce a person's risk of developing cancer in the first place. And as a recap, here are the key evidence-based recommendations put together by the World Cancer Research Fund. You need to choose a diet rich in a variety of plant-based foods, including plenty of fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. In addition, cut back on highly processed fast foods. Also, limit consumption of sugar-sweetened drinks. To take part in regular physical activity. To be as lean as possible within the normal range of body weight. To limit how much red and processed meats that you eat. If you do drink alcohol, to drink it in moderation. And aim to meet nutritional needs through diet alone, rather than through supplements. So the World Cancer Research Fund panel, who were behind these recommendations, also noted that the conclusions underpinning the cancer prevention recommendations are also likely to be relevant to cancer survivors and recommend that as far as possible for cancer survivors to aim to follow these recommendations. With so much known about how to reduce the risk of cancer by positive lifestyle choices, the next logical step was to see how effective following the prevention guidelines could be in the much less studied area of cancer survival. Published in the Journal of Clinical Oncology, cancer researchers used health and lifestyle information collected from a long-running observational study. Over 2,000 women with a confirmed cancer diagnosis between 1986 and 2002 were identified with lifestyle information collected both before and after the cancer diagnosis. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. Now, the research team gave each woman a numerical score based on how many of the specified Wall Cancer Research Fund cancer prevention recommendations she was following. Meeting six or more of the cancer prevention guidelines showed a clear benefit. As a group, there were one-third fewer deaths from all causes in women following most of the guidelines compared to women who only met four or less of the guidelines. Teasing out if any of the recommendations were more beneficial than others, the clear standout was meeting physical activity recommendations of at least 30 minutes every day. 
For women that met this recommendation, it was linked to not only lower all-cause mortality, but lower risk of cancer-specific and cardiovascular disease mortality. And the area of physical activity in cancer survivors is already one with some exciting research to support a benefit in cutting the risk of cancer recurrence, which I'll touch on shortly. Now, the study I just profiled was a single study, and it was published in 2013. But it doesn't stand alone, although the research field is still quite sparse. Only a few key cancers have been studied, and results can appear contradictory. Further complicating things, some studies only looked at pre-diagnosis diet, while other studies examined diet after a diagnosis with cancer. With the mixed research field of diet among cancer survivors, a German research team collated together 117 studies involving over 200,000 cancer survivors into a single meta-analysis. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. What they found was perhaps not too surprising. Eating lots of vegetables and fish had a favorable link with longer survival after a diagnosis of cancer. But alcohol was linked with a worse outlook and a higher risk of cancer recurrence. Grouping together whole diets found that one particular type of dietary pattern stood out. Termed whole foods, prudent or healthy, depending on the study description, a common theme was a dietary pattern high in fruits, vegetables and whole grains, but low in red processed meat, refined grains and high fat foods. Eating close to this style of dietary pattern was linked to a 22% lower risk of earlier death from cancer. The opposite of a healthy diet was labelled a Western diet, high-fat diet, high-sugar snacks diet, or simply an unhealthy diet. Made up of processed meat, refined grains, and lots of added sugar, this diet was linked with a 50% higher mortality risk from cancer compared to similar people following a healthier diet. So back to the topic of exercise in cancer survivors. Evidence continues to grow that physical activity after a cancer diagnosis is linked to a better cancer survival outlook. Several research studies are now linking regular physical activity after a cancer diagnosis with lower rates of cancer-related mortality, particularly from breast and colorectal cancer. Adding further to the evidence for the benefits of being physically active after a cancer diagnosis, United States researchers have looked at the lifestyle habits of over 1,000 men with cancer, and all of the men were part of a long-running observational study. And I'll link to the study in the show notes. What clearly stood out from the study was the earlier age of death from cancer and heart disease in the inactive men. The inactive men accumulated less than the equivalent of an hour's walking per week, compared to the very active men who are active for more than the equivalent of 10 hours walking each week. Now, it could be that the very inactive men were that way because of pre-existing poor health. Yet when allowances were made for age, smoking, body weight and diet, the survival benefit from cancer was still clearly in favour of the active men. 
and another research study from the same journal involving people with advanced colorectal cancer found that those undertaking the equivalent of a brisk walk for one hour per day had half the risk of a cancer recurrence compared to inactive people. The results from these two studies in people with colorectal cancer also support previous published work showing a reduction in the risk of cancer recurrence with increased levels of physical activity in women with breast cancer. Now, several biological mechanisms have been proposed for the association with exercise and colorectal cancer recurrence, including decreasing circulating levels of insulin and insulin-like growth factor. So both of these agents promote cell growth. Also, they could be decreasing central deposition of adipose tissue because that's actually metabolically active. And it could even be a favorable effect of exercise on the gut microbiota because exercise is known to change the composition of gut bacteria independent of diet. What this all means is that physical activity after a diagnosis of cancer may offer some benefits in improving survival from the disease. Because physical activity has few downsides, it is something that all cancer survivors should aim to include more of in their lives. For a person with cancer, though, undertaking a new fitness regimen is something that should be undertaken after appropriate advice from a health professional. One final area I'd like to cover in today's podcast is the area of a cancer cure diet. When a person is told they have cancer, a common reaction can be to turn away from conventional medical treatments and to seek out unproven alternative medical therapy that offers the hope of curing cancer. And the internet is full of very average humans promoting all manner of diet therapies that promise to cure cancer. But if a true cancer cure diet existed, all doctors and health professionals would know about it and cancer would be a thing of the past. Now, a scientific review of 13 cancer-curing diets has looked at how the different treatments stacked up regarding having evidence to support their claims and what downside risks they could pose. And it was a conga line of the usual suspects the internet is awash with. Raw vegetables and fruits, juicing diets, the alkaline diet, macrobiotics, Gearson therapy, and ketogenic diets. There was no clinical evidence supporting any of the diets that would stand up to scrutiny as a legitimate clinical trial for seeing if it cured cancer. Also, case reports and preclinical data pointed to the potential of a very real risk of harm from malnutrition from several of the treatments. So I'll link to this review in the show notes. While seeking out unproven treatments does offer hope and give some sense of control back to the cancer sufferer, the cost can be very expensive, both financially and physically, and can place major strains on a person's lifestyle and personal relationships. Many books have been written by people who have conquered cancer using an unproven cancer cure. These are only personal accounts, and there is no way of assessing if the treatment was the cause of the cure, as many people successfully beat cancer without using unproven treatments. To take the opposing view, there is very little written or said about those people who embark 
on following these diet cure therapies and don't have the same success. You only hear of the personal success stories. That's what sells books and get clicks on websites. So it's best to be cautious about unproven cancer diet therapy cures and to always seek some professional, credible, independent advice. So let's wrap this all up. Greater numbers of people are surviving cancer today than ever before. With more cancer survivors comes a greater focus on research that spotlights key lifestyle choices that raise survival odds even higher. Dietary patterns that are closely connected to foods close to their natural state, such as fruits, vegetables, fish and whole grains, cutting back on highly processed food, as well as staying active, sit at the top of evidence recommendations for people with cancer to be steered towards. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Thank you.